0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, the researcher, writer, producer, and host of this show, where each week I seek to help us consider current events from a biblical and prophetic worldview so we as God's children know how He wants us to respond. Today I'm going to bring you a matter of tremendous importance for all the citizens of the world. The World Health Organization, along with proponents of the One World Government, met in the month of February with plans to further the tyrannical controls they want over the Earth's populace. With the help of my guest, James Roguski, we will provide you with specific actions you can take to protect your individual God-given rights and personal autonomous health. Before I get into today's topic, I want to say again, we are to expect things to get worse before they get better. God has told us this would happen, so we have advanced warning because He does not want us to give in to fear. God has been gracious to give us ample advance warning through his spoken word provided through the prophets, through his individual leading and guiding us as we seek him in prayer, and through his written word, the Bible. If you listened to the last few weeks' shows, then you've heard me make a very good defense for the existence of the prophets, especially during times when evil has advanced and God's people are confused. We are most definitely living in confusing times, so God has been exceedingly gracious to speak to us in a variety of ways to guide us into all truth. No matter what narrative and claims people who are not of God make, our focus must be solely on God and his word. The enemy of God is a liar, and everything he and his followers say are meant to divide and disrupt the faith of God's people. Our goal today must be to use every effort to seek truth and walk in truth, applying faith in Jesus for all he has already accomplished, once and for all. When we get fearful, all we need to do is search scriptures and see the repeated faithfulness of God for his people all throughout history, even when the calamity they are suffering was brought upon them by their own choices and rejection of God. I have said and I believe we are living in times where both darkness and light are growing at tremendous rates, However, in God's plan, His light will always outpace and even overcome darkness. I ask you to consider the expansion of God's presence beginning from Asbury University that began on February 8th, growing in numbers, and now spreading to colleges and universities all around the country. Christian Broadcasting Network reported 20,000 more people joined the Asbury Awakening the weekend of February 18th. The sheer numbers of people means the outpouring will now have to be moved off campus. Reports indicate more than 50,000 people flocked to the Asbury University to experience the outpouring, and that doesn't include the other colleges and universities. Apparently, the movement is expanding to other Christian colleges, including Samford University, Lee University, Cedarville University, and Northern Kentucky University. Think of the brilliance of God for showing up on college and university campuses. Many students attend college away from their hometowns, which means these students will eventually visit their hometowns and take the revival fire with them, igniting and spreading the movement. People have wondered why God has seemingly started the great harvest of souls that Bob Jones prophesied would be known as the billion soul harvest with Generation Z. It's not difficult to figure out. Sin always harms the vulnerable. Most of these college students in their growing up years were greatly disenfranchised. They were taught truth as relative god and satan are concepts right and wrong is a choice of the individual even gender is a matter of choice they've been indoctrinated in public schools by the government even by the church and their own parents have failed them they were allowed to grow up influenced by the illuminati in pop culture and media and with video games full of darkness and evil they were also influenced by witchcraft as popularized by harry potter only to become early adults and find that they are emptier than ever All they aligned with has proven to be woefully lacking in any hope or love, let alone power that produces good. Did you know suicide among the youth has been the highest of record in recent years? Reports indicate that Generation Z has been two to three times more likely than other generations to report thinking about planning or attempting suicide in the 12-month period spanning late 2019 to late 2020. This generation also reports more unmet social needs than any other generation. God is showing up and revealing His supreme love and power to the generation that needs Him the most, the generation who is the most hungry for Him and all He is. My pastor is among those who visited Asbury, and he came back with reports of the sheer hunger this generation has for what they are discovering God to be. The students are not asking God for anything. They just want to be in His presence and personally relate with him i believe this is indeed the start of the great harvest we have anticipated and those of us who are presently observing must do all within our ability to usher this movement that robin bullock has prophesied will become a jesus revolution to our homes and our communities christians who have had their focus on all that is bad and wrong in this world who have adopted the mentality of just wanting to be rescued and escape this world must seriously reconsider their position reconsider the merits of what they believe. I have been very concerned about the Christians who have accepted this doctrine because I see them operating very much like the Israelites did after the great Exodus. Through Moses, God revealed they were on their way to the promised land. But in their journey, they fixed their eyes on what they lacked. They murmured and complained, causing the Israelites to wander in the desert until the unbelieving generation died off. The people who promoted fear and strife instead of unity of faith in God never saw the promised land on earth. God impressed me about the state of his children a few years ago as he led me to write two books about the end times. Through a proper study of scriptures, we learn Jesus is not returning to rescue a whimpering and fearful bride, but he's coming for a bold and victorious bride who makes herself ready by overcoming evil through righteous acts. We read this in Revelation 19:7 and 8. When I was writing the first of these two books, I shared with my daughter what I was writing about, and I used the term eschatology, which means a study of the end times. But what she heard was exitology, which unfortunately describes the doctrine many Christians have. And in wanting to address this faulty doctrine, I titled the book Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's end time Promises. What I want people to know from this book, based on scripture, is that God's promises for his faithful children includes his protection at the same time he is administering his judgment against the unrepentant if you or anyone you know and love has been responding to our present days in fear and trepidation get this book and let it help them properly embrace the times we're living in with all the victorious joy and hope god has for us right now while i was writing that book god impressed me with great compassion for the church i realized With a great harvest of souls expected, where people from all walks of life and lifestyles will find Jesus and then come to the church for help in their newfound faith, the church is simply not ready. In general, not all, but many churches have a religious or legalistic mindset that will not be able to welcome people who may be stinky for living on the streets, who may still be high when they enter the church, or may even be in the process of gender reassignment. How would just ten of such people showing up in your church be accepted, or would they challenge your church culture? For these considerations, God had me write the next book titled Prepare for the Harvest God's Challenge to the Church Today. If you are a church leader or an assistant to a church leader, I highly recommend you quickly get this book and have the entire church leadership read it while seriously auditing your church culture and seek God for any and all changes needed to be ready to welcome the souls who find Jesus. I have a special discount code for my podcast listeners through my web store, wanting you to get the benefit of these books and all my work. So listen through to the end of this podcast to learn the promotion code that you'll want to use. Knowing how to respond to current events as Christians is the basis of each and every podcast. Last week, I interviewed Darren Bronson about the lawsuit he and his brothers have filed that stands a very good chance of being used by God to clear the deep state out of Congress and potentially the Supreme Court. Well, on Thursday, February 23rd, God spoke through Julie Green about major changes to be expected with members of the Supreme Court. She reported one Supreme Court judge is about to make a bold decision and statement. She also reported that one Supreme Court justice is about to step down and the truth of his resignation will be revealed. Additionally, the prophecy stated there will be a shakeup in Congress that will rattle this nation in a good way that will waken even more of those who are still asleep about the spiritual battle we're living in. You'll find the link to that prophecy in the show notes. We know Scripture reveals faith without works is dead, so we provided you with specific action you can take to help the Supreme Court to fulfill their obligation to protect our nation. If you didn't listen to last week's program, or you haven't yet sent your letter or your affidavit, please look that episode up and do what you can. Whenever any of us fail to do what we can for righteousness' sake, we commit what's called the sin of omission, which means we will be subjected to God's discipline accordingly. This week's podcast offers you a similar opportunity to get engaged and make a difference. If you are a regular listener, then you know I've often said the reason the world is in the mess it's in today is because of the failure of the church to be engaged in the culture. God is giving us many opportunities to get engaged in all of the seven mountains of our culture. I pray not one of you who listen to my podcast fail in doing what you can in partnership with god to see evil retreat and the advancement of god's kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven as stated james ragusky is my guest today james is a researcher author natural health proponent and an activist who believes that the old systems are rightfully crumbling so we must build their replacements quickly james uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the World Health Organization's hidden agenda behind their proposed pandemic treaty, as well as the World Health Organization's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. James's vision for the future can be summarized by the phrase, out of the who and in with the new. What James has to share today is highly important to every citizen on the planet. Christian or not. Plan on sharing this podcast with everyone you know. Here's my interview with James. I am honored to have James Roguski as my guest today, allowing us to have wisdom and insight about the World Health Organization that he has gained through his own personal study. And he's now and has been for a few years sharing it with the world to wake the world up to the truth. James, thank you so much for giving me your time and helping to educate my audience. Let's start with just a little bit of background about the World Health Organization, who they are, and what authority they have, and how we should respond to them as a free people all throughout the world.
1: Well, the WHO is misunderstood by nearly everybody. They are primarily an advisory organization. When they put forth a recommendation, people mistakenly believe that that is somehow obligatory. And it's right in the Constitution. They are there to help improve the health of the world. It's a good discussion as to whether or not they are successfully doing that and what they've done over the past three years has helped or harmed things. But what I'm focused on is that approximately 90 nations around the world have submitted amendments to what are known as the International Health Regulations. And all told, they want to make 307 changes. They want to change 33 of the 66 articles, massive amounts of changes to existing international law. And the most concerning of those things were actually put forth by Bangladesh and Malaysia, The combination of their two proposed amendments would change the definition, literally, of the word recommendation. It currently means non-binding advice. They would seek to cross out the phrase non-binding. And then Malaysia's recommendation for a proposed amendment would say that recommendations shall be implemented as opposed to should be. And so, even the International Health Regulations Review Committee stated very clearly that changing those things and changing the nature of the WHO from advisory to, you know, there's a difference between a recommendation and an order. And that just makes all of the difference in the world. That is a dramatic shift of sovereignty from all of the nations of the world to the WHO. Setting up which, you know, arguably this could be seen as the founding documents of a one world health dictatorship. And personally, I think that's a really, really bad idea. And I'm 100 percent opposed to it. But they're trying to keep it quiet. They don't really want people talking about it. And so I'm just trying to raise the discussion and get people to be aware. You don't have to take my word for it. The documents are available on the WHO website and in all, all of the articles that I've written. You know, I just highlight the things that you know people need to know about it, because they write it in a, a language that's difficult to read. It'll put you to sleep, hundreds and hundreds of pages, but essentially, they want control to shift from individual nations to the Director General of the WHO. And you know, quite frankly, I'm not having it.
0: Now, yeah. you know, as I understand it, the World Health Organization began quite a number of years ago, as an advisory committee, strictly to be advisory for the sake of cooperation, should there be events happen in any one country that might impact other countries. And that, on the surface, sounds like a good thing. And up until recently, we've been operating with respect to the World Health Organization under international law as an advisory organization. But you're bringing out what's extremely important for us to know, and that's that they are intentionally trying to shift from an advisory to a legally binding institution. Can we talk about that, please?
1: In July of this year, they had a meeting and they broadcast or or live streamed it for a couple of days and then they disappeared, which is what they've been doing with the meetings this week. Some of them have been public and some of them have been closed. And back in July, they came back for a half an hour on Thursday after two days of closed meetings and they were all patting themselves on the back for how transparent they were because they were ready to tell everybody what they had decided after 2 days of closed meetings. It's like, well, that's not what I think transparency really is, but they decided that oh yes, they wanted to negotiate a legally binding agreement. And so some of the things and the powers that, you know, would be handed over, they want to change article 2 of the regulations so that it doesn't just cover emergencies it would cover anything that is potentially an emergency. Well, that's pretty much anything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, They would then give the Director General the authority to create an allocation plan. And to translate that into English, he would be able to control the means of production, tell Nation A that they have to have their manufacturers make whatever required pandemic response products that he declares, think drugs and injectables, and nation A would then have to give them to nation B and C and D and so forth. It's right out of the Marxist playbook of centralized control of the means of production. The most egregious proposed change comes from India in Article 3 of the International Health Regulations. When I first read this a year or so ago, I thought this sounded pretty good. All these regulations must be implemented with full respect for the dignity Human rights and fundamental freedoms of people. Well, the proposed amendment from India would just cross that out. Let's get rid of that pesky, you know, respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedom. My jaw was hanging open when I read it. You know, people find it hard to believe. Just go look at their document. It's right there in digital print. Probably what they really want is actually from the amendments from the European Union. They have several amendments to several different articles, all centered around, it goes by many names, a global digital health certificate. They want a testing certificate. And I think we all know that the tests don't really tell you anything of value. They want a prophylaxis or prevention certificate. haven't really defined what that means. They want a vaccine certificate, a recovery certificate, a passenger locator form so that they can track and trace people. They want it all to be connected to a QR code that would be either digital or printed on paper or a card of some sort. And all of that is in violation of everyone's unalienable right to privacy, specifically health-related privacy. But most everybody makes the mistake when they go to the doctor, they sign in on the little electronic pad and they check the box that they didn't read the terms of service And they just gave away access to all of their personal private data without really thinking about what they just did. And so there are additional losses of sovereignty that are cooked into many of these proposed amendments, billions upon billions of dollars that it literally states in proposed Article 44A that, oh, well, the details about how the money would be allocated will be given 24 months after it's approved or adopted. And and you just go, well, that's a little sketchy. You know, you're not even going to talk about how the money is going to be collected or dispersed. I'm I'm a little suspicious of that. They want to increase censorship, but mostly in Annex 10, they would create an obligation of duty to cooperate. Those are their words. And it essentially changes a voluntary cooperative organization where, you know, yes, nations should help each other. They want to make it mandatory that developed nations, which is not defined, so we don't know who's on that list, must help build state-of-the-art infrastructure in developing nations, again, a list that is not defined. And so I'll go all the way back to 1948 when the U.S. Congress did not approve a treaty. They voted on a joint resolution and it was signed on June 14th, 1948 by President Truman, and in that document, it said very clearly that nothing that the WHO ever does obligates the United States to do anything. We're here voluntarily. If we don't like what you're doing, in Section 5, I believe it was, they said very clearly, we'll give you a year's notice and we'll pay all the money that we agreed to pay, but we're out of here. And at this point, because they're trying to take over control of you know every aspect of this we're in an abusive relationship and we need to leave and so i've put together exitthewho.com put together quite a number of websites and i give everybody my phone number it's 310-619-3055 i'm a real person that's my real phone number probably best if you text me cuz i'm often on the phone but all of this information is just public information that i've gotten from the who website it's boring until you get to the parts that are enraging. And I have yet to see a single person who has looked at the information and said, oh yeah, oh, I really do want Tedros Ghebreyesus, the director general, to be the dictator general of all things health-related in the world. That works for me. I don't want any more of my dignity, human rights, or fundamental freedom. No, nobody says that. Everybody says, this is crazy. And so job number one is to spread the word about this. They're trying to keep this in darkness. They're trying to keep it secret. And how do you defeat darkness? You shine light on it. And it doesn't take a lot of light to bring things into view, but they keep trying to hide it. And more importantly, they keep trying to use decoys to distract from it. Mm -hmm. And so almost anything you see in the news, including discussions of the pandemic treaty, which is a real thing, and it's very important to be aware of it, but please understand that the treaty that they're talking about is totally different. And if you're only talking about and paying attention to the treaty, you're missing the real issue here, which are these proposed amendments to existing regulations. Now, the, the worst part of it all, and honestly, I'm very, very optimistic because it's so egregiously bad. If this doesn't wake people up, then nothing will. And I trust that this will wake people up. But all it would take... For this to be adopted is for the World Health Assembly to meet. They meet every May. And if the 194 delegates who are unelected, unknown, unaccountable, if they just decide to adopt it, then it's adopted. And no presidential signature needed. No Senate or Parliament or Prime Minister or Health Minister or Secretary of State. The system is structured in a way that is deeply flawed. It's wrong. It should not be that way. But you can argue what should be. And I'm just pointing out what is. They changed, uh, adopted some amendments last year, and they adopted it, and it became a change. There was no presidential signature. There was no Senate advice and consent. So if they could do it last year, they could do it again this year, next year, whenever they get around to trying to do this. Mm -hmm. They believe that the silence of the people is equal to consent. And so please don't be silent. Please learn what this is all about. I do a Zoom meeting that's open to the public twice a day at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. if you have any questions.
0: What time zone is that in?
1: Um, Eastern time, I thought I said that, but if I didn't, it's 3 and 10 p.m. Eastern. And everybody in the world, you know, whatever your time zone may be, you're welcome to attend. We get people from all over the world because this is a worldwide issue. It's not just the United States, because even the United States leaves the WHO, if all of the other nations adopt these travel certificates, then we're trapped here. Mm -hmm. If they demand that we do things to our body in order to travel and move about the world and live our life. And so I've been talking about this for nearly a year, and all I do is point to their documents And shine light on the things that are right there for the public to see, but everybody's being distracted by everything else under the sun.
0: Exactly. Now, I've got a couple of questions for you that I think are in the minds of my audience members. You made the point of how so many of us have gone to our doctor's office and signed the electronic form, which basically gives away our consent, allowing our doctors to share our medical information. Can we rescind that?
1: You can rescind anything that you've ever done. That's what the definition of unalienable rights means. That's what unalienable means. Even if you made a mistake, you got kind of crazy in the head and, and you did something that you regretted, you go, oh, no, I'm, I'm taking them back. They cannot be taken away from me. I can misplace them. I can accidentally give them to somebody or forget that I have to defend them, but they belong to you in perpetuity. You just have to stand up for them because you know, we have to stand up and protect our rights against the government the government isn't there to protect your rights. You are responsible for protecting your rights. And together, we can protect each other's rights. Mm -hmm. But if you think the government is going to come and stand up for your rights, you haven't been paying attention to what they're doing lately.
0: And a lot of what you've been encouraging people to do is to share the information in a variety of ways, including creating a video, which is very easily done. And you provide a platform. What you're wanting and what makes the most sense is for the masses of people to begin to become informed to speak out, not only just making it known to the world, but contacting our elected representatives or our governments in other countries. And we will often be met with some condescension. (laughs) They will write back thinking, we don't know what we're talking about, that they know what's best for us and they will take care of things. Would you please address that and give my audience some direction on how we can really be effective here?
1: Step number one is to know what you're talking about. Okay. And so if you go to Stop the Global Agenda, dot com. It'll give you an introduction to all of the information. Please realize that the amendments to the regulations are related, but completely separate from the proposed treaty. Keep them straight. Everybody mixes them up. But then there are 10 actions that you can take right there. The simplest thing is, you know, we're on Zoom right now. I'm moving my laptop and it has a camera. Anybody can open a free Zoom account, start a meeting, Invite yourself to your own meeting, hit the record button, say what you want to say, hit the stop record button. And when you close the meeting, it'll download that video onto your laptop. Or most people have a smartphone and just record whatever it is you want to say. We did this back in September and had hundreds of people give their opinion. And I was just pleasantly impressed by everybody around the world. This is not rocket science. This is a global attempted coup by unelected diplomats to essentially give themselves more power and authority in secret. All we have to do is go, hey, what are you doing? You know, it's kind of sort of related to the emperor has no clothes. What do you think you're doing? And so the more people who say, look, we see what you're doing. And the answer is no. You can do whatever you think you're doing. We're not putting up with it. And when just one person says it, maybe that gets the ball rolling, but the math of it is actually really simple, right? If a hundred people watch this video and and they tell a hundred people, and that happens a couple of more times, you do the exponential math on this, it could be around the world overnight. It really could be, right? And, And so it does take a little time to comprehend all of this crazy legal jargon. I've tried to make it simple, top 10. For the amendments, top 10 for the treaty, don't speak before you have a grasp of what you're talking about. And then once you do know what you're talking about, when your public servants start to condescend down upon you, I find it very invigorating, actually, because they don't know what they're talking about. And you know that they don't know what they're talking about. Doesn't stop them from talking about it. And at that point, you know, quite frankly, move on. What we want to do is identify allies, work with those allies. If you go to exitthewho.com, there's a list of potential members of Congress who have supported legislation that is similar in the past, exitthewho.com. If you're talking to a brick wall, you're probably wasting your time. If you're talking to somebody who appears that they could be an ally and they just need some more information, that's a very good use of your time. And most people are in between. So share the information with everybody. And, you know, I'm very optimistic that everybody who's looked at this and given it the attention that it deserves is flabbergasted that it even exists. Absolutely. And the vast majority of them get a guttural response. It's like, oh, no way. No way. We're not having this. It's it's not the same argument that's been done over the past three years. They're not discussing all of the things that they did wrong. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get billions of dollars and legally binding authority to take it orders of magnitudes worse to control everything. Well, they messed it up for the last three years. Do we really want to give them money and authority to mess it up royally? I I think people will know what to do, and I trust that they will do it.
0: I'll end my interview with James here with encouragement for you to visit the two websites he mentioned, get informed, and follow the steps. Then share what you've learned so others can do likewise. You'll find the links in the action section of the show notes. I did the exponential math, and as James said, if 100 people watch and share this video and take the action steps, and that repeated by 10 additional people each time, in just seven hours or less, one billion people would be alerted to this very serious worldwide concern. There's always so much more that needs to be shared than I can put in a 130-minute podcast. As your advocate, I work full-time researching and learning matters of truth that are being withheld. One important matter to know is the U.S. government has been secretly tracking the unvaccinated. Also, be aware that doctors are required to provide codes to indicate a patient's vaccine status. Those of us in America need to know our HIPAA rights and potentially, as James suggested, rescind permission given to share our personal medical information. You'll find links in the show notes concerning the three items I just mentioned, and also links about the Biden administration's effort to give our national sovereignty away, about Senator Johnson's effort to protect America from the World Health Organization, and Dutch Sheet's message about God's glory being poured out on the church, and more. If you're listening from another country and you have similar information to help people in your country, be sure to send that to me via email, and I'll add it to my lists. I can see from my podcast analytics that we have people in 46 different countries that are currently listening to my podcast. And I'm sorry to see that those in Poland and Ireland have fallen off. I know there are major events in those countries, which is all the more reason people need to find podcasts such as mine. If you know people in other countries, be sure to tell them about this podcast. Next week, once again, we'll tackle current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective. And should you have a topic that you want me to explore, please let me know via email. My email is by at com. Now, about that promotion code for you to use when shopping on my website. Use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H. Use it at checkout, and you'll receive a 20% discount on your entire order. This podcast is supported by financial gifts and your purchases of my products and products of my affiliates. Because the show has gone longer than most, I'm going to simply direct you to the show notes to read about my wonderful affiliates and find the products and services that you can use, because when you purchase from them or from my web store, you get something you want and you support me at the same time. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people, and it spreads the gospel, and it also helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for him.